I'm Frankie, and I am so excited to welcome you to the third episode of the Sad Girl Podcast. I hope that currently you are lighting up your blood, getting grounded, staying safe, and loving yourself. I want to tell you a little bit about me and a little bit about this podcast. I am a 30-year-old queer Mexican-American creator whose mediums include, but are not limited to, writing, photography, videography, collaging, drawing, cooking, sewing, and now podcasting. On the Sadgirl podcast, not only am I taking you with me into worlds I've created in my writing, but I will also be taking you with me down my path to truth and hopefully joy. I will be reading two pieces of writing today, one by myself and another by a friend of mine, Kay Valeries. She is an amazing creator and author. She currently has a book out and creates pieces of poetry and visual art. Her creative mediums and interests are vast and far. This piece of hers is called Painting with the Soul. I hope you enjoy. I take a good look at this blank canvas, trying to figure out where I should start the first stroke. I then very slowly raise my hand with paint dripping from the brush. I then begin. Not knowing where this will end, I open my heart, releasing my soul, letting it guide my hands. With a deep breath, I close my eyes. First, the strokes were bold, powerful, confident. As I start to let myself go deeper, Things begin to change drastically. Converting to my other hand, I become more aggressive, as if I was someone else. I'm now standing, kicking the stool from behind me. My feet begin to pace back and forth, throwing paint onto the canvas, taking cupfuls, splashing it from all angles imaginable. Tears fall continuously from my eyes, hitting the wooden floor where I stand. I refuse to wipe them away. No more pitying my sorrows. I continue to let myself travel into the wonders of my soul. Inhale. Exhale. I go on. This time, I begin to move expeditiously, as if I had just came up with this brilliant idea of trickery, of hiding the painful truth. Oh, the perfect mask of my shortcomings. I decide on a rose. Can't seem to make it fully alive. Including a few dead rose petals on and surrounding it seem necessary. I even make the fallen ones lifted as if the wind picked them up itself. Still being the passenger to my soul driving, I find myself afraid now, not wanting to let anyone in. 
changing hands to where I'm more comfortable, I begin to build a brick wall surrounding the rose. Using my fingertips, I lay down the foundation for every brick I paint, leaving no spaces, trying to make sure it's sealed tight, suffocating it if need be. Feeling the sense of accomplishment, I view the painting with my eyes and listen with my heart, trying to make sense of this stroke of genius in front of me. But I guess some things are better left untold and for others to discover what's within their souls. If you've enjoyed this piece of Kay's soul, please feel free to buy her book and check out her Instagram at k.valeries. Her book, Heals, Pills, and Feels, can be found on Blurb, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Kay is someone who shares herself in vulnerability and love. Her expression is unique and beautiful, and I promise that you do not want to miss it. In this next piece that I'm going to share with you is one that I got the most votes on the Sad Girl podcast Instagram this week. It is an excerpt from my novel, Dopamine. Eli is in a completely different setting from the one that you left her in on the last episode. In this excerpt and in this book, it is nine years later and Ethan and Eli have had their romance evolve into a co-parenting friendship. Here's Dopamine, Chapter 4. I hope you enjoy. Dopamine, Chapter 4. Three pennies. The cafe opened as it always did, with her regulars hustling through before work like they always did. There was a sense of macho rivalry between Mickey and Liam at the start, but Eli had been in the kitchen handling a different order during the encounter. They passed the morning that way, easily and effortlessly. Eli was seriously thinking about hiring Liam on. He was natural and very helpful. Her employee, Keith, was enamored with him. Her eyes had widened when she bumped into him while rushing into the cafe, five minutes late after the start of her shift. He was taking a plate of chocolate cake to a couple of girls by the front of the window where they sat on the couch. I'm sorry, Key stammered, moving her dark hair out of her face. Liam smiled at her and kept moving, placing the plate on the coffee table. Key stared as she walked backwards towards the counter. You're late, Ela said teasingly, watching the young employee eyeing Liam openly admiring him. I know, I was running errands and lost track of time, she answered in a flustered voice, still watching Liam. Is he working here? She asked, barely managing to tear her eyes away from him long enough to look at Eli. Eli laughed softly and nodded. Just for today, she said, watching him come back toward them, still wearing his apron, making him look pretty official. Oh, she squeaked, seeming to hide behind Eli as he approached. Liam, this is Key. Key, she said, pulling the young woman forward and toward the man. This is a friend from a long time ago, Liam. 
Key smiled, heat rising to her face and showing on the apples in her cheeks. She held out her hand. A pleasure, sir, she said rather shyly. Liam smiled his bright smile at her and grabbed her hand with his, bowed his head slightly and lifted her hand to his lips, placing a lingering kiss on her knuckles without breaking eye contact. The pleasure is all mine, he replied. Eli did all she could not to laugh at the way Key seemed to be close to swooning. Oh, she said again. Leon let go of her hand and took a step back. Right, Eli interrupted, almost giving into the laughter. It's safe to say that Key got several drinks wrong with her staring at Leon before Eli put her on dish duty. By lunch, her manager and second employee got in. Neither Liam nor she had taken a lunch, nor had they eaten anything since their cup of tea early this morning. So she informed her manager, Jem, that her and Liam would be taking off an hour earlier than she normally did when she took off to pick up her daughter from school to grab some food. Her head hurt, most likely from the fatigue and lack of sustenance. It was noticeable in her eyes. She smiled through it at Liam as they exited her cafe. His eyebrows pulled together in concern and he held out his arm for her, which she took gratefully. He didn't sleep much normally, so he felt perfectly fine. Where to, your highness? He asked with a smirk. She made a face at him and pointed ahead at them. There is a really delicious Vietnamese restaurant a few blocks that way by a friend's that I like to go to. Do you like pho? She asked, curious to his answer. To her surprise, he nodded. I do. That sounds amazing right now, he said with longing in his voice. She felt bad for how much she'd neglected his well-being. She was used to forgetting to eat, but he was so big he probably needed to eat like three farms in a day. We will probably have to hurry a bit if we want to get to Mina on time, she said, doubling her step in order to keep up with his long strides. That's okay. I'm a fast eater, he said, placing his hand on hers. He ordered the shrimp fall while she ordered the vegetarian fall or vegan fall. It was essentially the same thing. There were not any animal byproducts in the soup. She took a sip of her water and finally looked at him. He sat across from her at their table. She was a bit taken aback to find him already looking at her. He didn't look away or even blink when she smiled in response. A penny for your thoughts, he said, watching her. His eyes roamed every facet of her face, memorizing it. She didn't look away from his stare and did some staring of her own, trying to collect her thoughts enough to verbalize them. Eli tucked her hair behind her ears as her eyes landed on his lips. What is your favorite color? She asked simply. She just wanted to get to know him. As kids, they never really talked about these things. And from then, things had changed. Blue, I think, he said thoughtfully. You think? Yeah, well, I mean, he laughed. 
I find myself gravitating towards that particular color, but I've never put much thought into it being my favorite. She thought about his answer a moment until his question interrupted her thoughts. What about yours? He asked, anticipating her answer. Brown or green, she said, tilting her head as he raised his eyebrow. What? Really? He inquired further. Yeah, I mean, I really do like all colors the same, but I find myself gravitating towards those specific ones frequently, she said, using his own words. She found him smiling widely at her, and she laughed in return. What? Nothing. You surprised me, honestly, he said, sitting back as the waitress approached them with two large steaming bowls. Eli placed the curiosity she felt by his statement to the side of her brain as the food was placed in front of her. Can I get you anything else? The waitress asked, looking between the two of them. Eli shook her head as she examined the contents of her bowl with a large smile on her face. She was so excited and hungry, very hungry. No, thank you, she said. No, thanks, Liam added. The waitress smiled and turned, walking away to her next task. Eli was so caught up in preparing her dish that she didn't notice him staring again. She took meticulous care as she tore up the mint and mixed it into her soup, then adding the lime and jalapenos. He observed the way she bit her bottom lip in anticipation. Smiling to himself, he tore his eyes away from her to prepare his own meal, leaving the mint out. He wasn't too fond of the herb combined with the broth. As he looked away, she looked up at him, taking her time now, watching his motions as she used her chopsticks to grab some of the rice noodles and sighing with satisfaction at the flavor as she began to eat. They both ate in silence, seeming to miss one another as one stared at the other when the other wasn't looking, finishing their food almost simultaneously. Eli checked the gold watch on her wrist, standing immediately as she realized the time. They had taken a bit longer than she had anticipated. Noticing her energy, Liam stood as well while also placing two bills on the table. Eli shook her head as she tried taking out her wallet, but was stopped by him, shaking his head while giving her a semi-annoyed stare, not wanting to possibly waste any time on a small disagreement. She gave in and put her wallet away, grabbing her sweater. She waited for him to take the lead out of the restaurant and stayed close to his back. He had an almost sweet, musky scent to him, with a masculine edge to it. She took the arm he held out to her after they reached the outside, and didn't say anything as they walked side by side to the bus stop, making it right before the bus itself, and caught it in time. She followed him to the back and took the window seat. Liam sat right next to her, the side of their thighs touching from the closeness. She felt her breathing more deeply and a bit slower. 
It was a defense mechanism she taught herself to help her get through moments of anxiety. Her anxiety attacks triggered her asthma, and she would struggle to get her inhaler out in time. Although, she had never had an anxiety attack over being close to someone before. It was usually from environments of high stress. She used to get them all the time while living with Ethan at Ethan's mother's house. She tucked her hair behind her ear and looked out of the window, collecting herself quietly. It was so odd to her that suddenly she felt like her heart was beating a little bit harder. She scowled a bit out of reflex and jumped when he grabbed her hand from her lap and laced her fingers. The only part that surprised her was that she wasn't very surprised. Their hand holding felt so natural that she almost felt weird, wondering why they hadn't held hands before this moment. He noticed that her breathing became a lot more normal than it had been. He watched her lips, seeing how they became a bit fuller as she relaxed her mouth. He smiled at her when she finally looked at him. He wondered why she reacted the way she had when he had sat down next to her. He had almost contemplated moving completely. He didn't want to make her uncomfortable. Yet, all he had yearned to do was to touch her soft skin. He reached for her hand without being fully aware, and his lips parted as his skin came alive at her touch. Her palm was warm but her fingertips were cold. She had thin, elegant fingers, while his seemed clumsy, which his baking contradicted and long. He had stared at the contrast of their hand sizes to the color of her skin, his dark mocha shade compared to her pale skin. She always looked close to passing out because of the pallor of her skin color. He rubbed the pad of his thumb on the back of her hand as they sat there in silence while the bus began its descent. Eli bit her bottom lip as she looked up at him, her eyes searching his as she wished that she could read his mind. His face gave nothing away as it maintained a poker player's expression. His eyes gave him away though as they crinkled at the corners in a silent smile. A penny for your thoughts, he said. She scoffed and looked away to the front of the bus and sat back, resting her back completely on the cushion of her seat. You already owe me two pennies, she said, not giving in to his inquiring deep eyes, although they did make her falter for a moment. He laughed and gave her hand a small squeeze. Please, he pleaded gently, sticking out his bottom lip she looked up at him, making her laugh. Oh, she said, and tightened her hold on his hand ever so slightly, holding it more snugly, a smile curving her lips. Please, he said, dragging out the word, adding his thick lashes along with the rest of his gig. Eli glared at him before sighing and looking I was thinking about bones, she said cryptically, watching the sidewalk move along. He raised an eyebrow as he thought about her answer. Bones? He asked after too long of a moment, in his opinion. 
She almost smiled, but she composed herself in time before answering. The book, she said, while turning to look at his reaction. He reacted the way she anticipated, and his other eyebrow lifted in surprise. During their last year together, freshman year of high school, before he moved away, they would both frequent the park next to their school and sit under one of the many trees. He would read to her until the sun began to set, and then walk her home. Bones by Stephen King had been the first one they had read together. She had been carrying the book on top of the pile of things she held in her hands as they walked. He had plucked it from the pile and examined the back. Eli tried grabbing it back, but he was tall enough that he easily kept it out of arm's reach, even back then. After he finished reading the synopsis, he turned to look at her with a very distinct look. From that moment, he seemed to look at her a little bit differently. Eli wasn't a very obvious reader during that time, and when she was seen holding a book, it was normally a non-fiction or textbooks. She did a lot of independent studying during that time, so Stephen King was very different for her. She had convinced him to read it too, and when he didn't put up a fight, she realized that she loved him. It wasn't anything that he did specifically, and funny enough, it wasn't even that he had agreed at all. But she simply realized in that moment why she felt that unexplainable calm around him, while simultaneously feeling a rush that reached her abdomen. It had taken them several weeks to finish the book because of their schedules. They managed. They explored several books from that moment until he left. But since that time, Bones had always secretly been her favorite. He was thrown back into those moments of time just as she was. They both sat there and stared at one another as they relived each moment, finally smiling. I have the ebook on my phone, he said finally, as he pulls his phone up for emphasis. You should read it to me, she suggested, her smile widening in hope that he would say yes. Right now? He asked, tearing his eyes away from hers to look around at the semi-full bus. Almost as if breaking the spell when he looked away, she also took in the scene, looking out of the window and read the nearest sign they passed. Their stop was coming up in five minutes. Unfortunately, no, she answered, as she raised her hand and grabbed the wire above their heads against the window. When she pulled it, it would notify the bus driver to stop at the next stop. Leon followed her hand's movement before moving his gaze to look out of the window as well. He passed one more stop before she finally pulled on the wire and heard the loud ding sound in the bus as the rest of the passengers were also notified of the upcoming stop. He stood first without letting go of her hand and began their walk to the middle of the bus. They stood right in front of the middle doors and he still caressed the back of her hand with his thumb. Eli looked straight ahead until the double doors opened and matched his step while they exited. They completed their walk to Mina's school, their fingers still laced together until the moment right before the school's last bell rang. She had pulled her hand out of his gently, hoping that he didn't feel rejected. Her body's immediate reaction to the loss of his warmth was aching. She flexed her hand until the bell rang, and she spotted Mina in the middle of a group of 
kids walking toward her, smiling. Her daughter's attention went from her to Liam, next to her, and back. The surprise was written on the crinkle in the middle of her eyes. The questions were evident in her gray eyes. Eli met her halfway with Liam right behind her. She hugged Mina with one arm. Hey baby, how was school? She asked, rubbing her daughter's back softly. It was good, Mina said simply, watching Liam near them. This is my friend who I met in fourth grade. His name is Liam, Eli said to her daughter. Then turned to Liam, her hand still around the small girl's shoulder. Liam, meet my daughter, Mina, she added. Mina held out her small hand at Liam with a playful look in her eyes. Nice to meet you, the seven-year-old said, the words enunciated and clear. You too, Liam said, taking her small hand in his and giving it a firm shake. Well, as firm as he could have without giving any indication of tribulation. Eli watched them almost laugh before being distracted by her own excitement. She wanted to hear about Mina's day. Mommy, we never mentioned him before, Mina said, breaking the small silence as she didn't look away from Liam. She was a bit taller than most seven-year-olds, getting most of her height from her father and her father's side of the family. They were all a bit of unnatural giants. Even though Eli was a good average height, they liked to call her Little Eli. Mia mirrored Mina's open curiosity and smiled at the girl. She has told me about you, though, he commented. She usually tells everyone about me. Mina responded in a tone that almost seemed bored, her eyes roaming his face and his stature. She wasn't very bashful and openly checked him out. Liam looked at her with laughter in his beautiful brown eyes that moved toward Eli, smiling at her. I believe that to be true. Tell me, Nina, did you know that your mother used to play tag and run on six-foot brick walls? He said, placing his hands in his pocket, his eyes having moved away from Eli, back towards the child. Eli groaned, facing the sky as she closed her eyes. Mina widened her big gray eyes and looked at her mother with sudden admiration and a bit of disbelief. Mom, she said. Eli gave Liam a glare and nodded at her daughter. Mina laughed and tugged on her mom's coat. No way. Obviously feeling accomplished, Liam followed as Eli began to lead the way back to the bus stop beginning her tale of the different shenanigans she, Liam, and their friends, Art and Tom, from literally running on walls, which she always beat everyone, to slinging BBs at cars at a nearby strip club. Her stories took up their entire trip to the cafe. Liam helped keep the story straight and filled in certain parts that Eli didn't mention, or maybe she didn't exactly remember. Mina looked between her mother and Liam, with a very amused smile on her face, listening intently and picturing her mother in that playful and careless form. Her mother was a free spirit, but always very collected and calculated. She took everything into consideration, even when trying to be spontaneous. 
a lot of her carelessness was stomped out of her after the two pink stripes that showed up on that pregnancy test eight years ago. Eli had evolved incredibly from her 18-year-old self. Mina hadn't heard her mother laugh or smile so much before, which was a true feat considering her mother did both enough to be considered a lot. If you want to hear more about Eli, Ethan, BK Mina, and Liam, please check out my book, Dopamine. I release new chapters about every month on my Patreon. I wonder how often you're sad. Maybe often if you're here sharing your sadness with me. There are a lot of limitations that come with having pain. I often get stuck on a feeling because my pain causes my energy to become clogged and stagnant. A lot of the time, no, I guess I should say all of the time for me personally, it never is a good thing for my creativity. It makes it hard for me to share myself in any way, especially considering I am normally someone who is naturally very closed off. And so, all of the vulnerability that you've seen is something I have had to push myself very hard to acknowledge, let alone share, especially through pain. I wonder how many creatives there are whose art is limited by their pain, whether it is a physical body pain or one that affects the mind. It is limiting in expression. But this connection that this causes between our creativity and the rawness of our soul is a direct correlation from the pain that we're in. When we are unable to express ourselves the way that our souls need, we tend to become unbalanced, and yes, a lot of the time, sad. So I ask again, how often are you sad? And can it be directly linked to your inability to express yourself? Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Please feel free to leave me any suggestions, thoughts, comments, advice, or anything you want me to highlight on the Sad Girl Podcast Instagram. And I'll speak to you again next Sunday. Bye. Mm-hmm.